Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazers Edge podcast. Again, I'm your host, Danny Morang. Here's the part two with Matt Moore at HP Basketball, Hardwood Proxyism, senior NBA writer for actionnetwork.com, Portland villain, hater of Houston Nurkic. <laughs> my guy matt moore matt thanks for coming on man i appreciate you thanks for having me on man um i, I like talking with you because you'll challenge me on things that i hold as dogmatic and things and you'll you have opinions that i respect that even if i don't agree with you you will at least present it in a case that um might piss some portland fans off but i i i a lot of times I can at least see where you're coming from. So uh, I'm really interested to see what, what kind of ways you look at this. Uh, if you're listening to this in order, you've already heard Adam Mares, who's the softer, kinder, gentler uh, <laughs> nugget uh, reporter coverer at DNVR. Matt is a bit more in my mold. We're a little bit more, um, I would almost say glass half empty, but a little bit more of a, 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 pragma- a pragmatist uh, yeah. of, of sorts. I'm always trying to bring things <laughs> to the middle, right? So like I'm trying to bring it to the, mo- the closest thing to, to, to accurate. So when the season started and everyone thought that the, the sky was falling, I was like, they're going to be fine. I was like, chill out. Like they're not worse than the Kings. They lost that two, three times. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and then when it was like, it was like, are they going to be the world champions? I was like, oh, so, uh, let's calm it's down. probably somewhere so, and like, and like, sadly, I actually literally said, like, when they were rolling after the, the Gordon trade, I was just like, I'm almost afraid to say it, but it feels like, like somebody's got to get hurt because things are going too well. And there goes. something obviously Portland's all too familiar with. Now, I, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say if Jamal Murray was, was healthy, that Denver would probably be heavily favored in this series. Um, that's yep. that, that's a, uh, the straw that stirs the drink, uh, Jokic being the drink. <laughs> so um, not having that pick and roll option is kind of going to change how Denver plays. We have a limited sample size of, of regular season games. What was it? It ended up being 17. If you throw out the, the last game against Portland of, of kind of film to look at, 30,000 foot view. Just let's get this out in front, uh, right out of the gate. You're picking Portland. Why? Firepower. So I think they found some stuff with how to use Dame to counter the trap over the last stretch of games. So one thing I noticed that since the pal trade, he's up to 15 uh, ISO possessions. He's up by almost four more ISO possessions a game. That's a lot that's a big differential. And if you don't bring a a screener, then Dame doesn't get trapped where Dame struggles versus two defenders. If you're just like, okay, we'll just let him cook this one guy. Then that's really smart. He can also, uh, he can also reject the screen. Now like the nuggets will, will find some counters for this, whether it's the emergency break glass of like, all right, let's try Aaron Gordon on him and see if that works or, you know, various things. And Dame's still going to get his like Denver can do a good job and Dame can still get his. That's how 2019 was but 
in general, um, I just think that when you look at it, even like if Jokic goes for 30 and MPJ goes for 25, I still feel like they're going to need another 60 points to win any game versus Portland. Like they're going to need 115 to beat Portland. And they're going to have to do that four times because Portland just has so many weapons. I don't know what to make of the Portland's performance since um, Dame basically said, I'm going to get all of you fired through the, the Chris Haynes article. Um, <laughs> like he literally was just like, everyone's going to go. I will burn this ship to the ground. Um, but whatever hat, like, I don't know how to reconcile how different they were in that stretch. Like if you're a Portland fan, you're like, that's the real blazers. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know that they were as bad as they were before that, before the Indiana game. But I also know that they definitely weren't as good as their record when they were at riding high. So I don't know who Portland is, but I do know that in this matchup, they've got more firepower the nuggets just are more easily solvable because they don't have anybody that can score with the ball outside of MPJ off the dribble. That's not Jokic. Like they do not have guards that can do that. It's not fair to ask Austin rivers who they plucked off the street to do that. It's not fair to ask Baku Composite that was not brought in for that purpose or Monte Morris or Shaq Harrison. Like this is not what they were brought in for. They just don't have the guys Fully healthy, I think Denver probably dispatches them in quick order. They are not fully healthy. It's not just Murray. It's Will Barton. It's P.J. Dozier. If P.J. Dozier comes back halfway through the series, that can turn the series around in Denver's favor if it's not over by then. But they just don't have enough weaponry. And whenever I look at the matchups and how it's played out, and especially when I look at the middle matchup of the three meetings, I, I it was a one-point loss. I wind up walking away with the feeling that Portland's going to get the better of Denver four times out of seven. So you, you, you hit on kind of what I wanted to hit go towards next, at least is that the, the whole idea of matchups, it's going to be the overwhelming Portland backcourt plus Norman Powell against the front court of Denver with MPJ, as you alluded to Gordon and Jokic. Yeah. From my point of view, Portland has a, the only one-to-one matchup, I think that makes sense is obviously Nurkic and Jokic. We'll, we'll touch on the, that one here in a minute. The ones that are a bit more interesting to me uh, out of the gate are Portland obviously is going to play super small. You've got six, one, six, two, six, three and a half between Dame CJ and Norm. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Six, 10 and Aaron Gordon, six, eight, six, nine. How the hell is Portland going to take Norman Powell and Robert Covington and try to cover up on MPJ and, Aaron Gordon sufficiently on both sides of the floor. I think they're going to start based off of the last matchup. I think they probably start Powell on MPJ. So MPJ is not like a back to the basket scorer. Like he's not, he has a post game, but most of it's face up stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And MPJ is going to shoot over him some, but most of the ways that Denver uses MPJ is off the catch, either on spot ups or specifically in handoff situations. And so if you just focus on blowing up that action and ball denying, you're inherently going to disrupt what Denver wants to do. And if you will play MPJ physical, which Norm has experience with, with Toronto being an overall physical team, you can get him to disengage a little bit. And so I think they start there. Now, if MPJ comes out and he just like rattles off a, a 40 burger in the first game, which then maybe they switch it up. Yeah. Which maybe they switch it up and they're like, okay, we don't like the looks that he was getting. He was getting to his spots too easy. Maybe we got to go to Roku after game two, right? Like, 
coaches never make adjustments after game one. It just, it doesn't happen. Like they'll make very subtle things, but really the, the, the turns come after two games. That's when most coaches look at it and be like, okay, especially if it's something significant, they're like, all right, we got to switch this up and try something different. Um, if it's working, then you're just like, it's fine. So I think they probably start with Powell on him. I think, you know, the, the benefit of having Cove on Gordon is that he can leave him, right? He can play free safety on the weak side. Which ups and, his value, utility at least, defensively. Yeah, and and you can just basically dare like Gordon and say like, hey man, if you hit four threes in a game, more power to you. Like, good on you, you know, and hit the target those pressure points and really apply a lot of pressure to where it's like, if Jokic is facing a double team and he's got Aaron Gordon on the weak side, wide open, he's got to make that pass. And if the closeout is good, and Gordon can't drive right by you for dunk, he's got to shoot that three. And so Gordon hasn't shot well since he came to Denver. Um, he's not historically a great three-point shooter. He was shooting well in Orlando before the trade. I think that's a pressure point where if, if Gordon makes them, then Portland's going to be in a little bit of an ocean moment mm-hmm. um, facing the fact of just, you know, if, if you apply pressure at a point and that hurts you, now all of a sudden you're like, crap, we got to stay home on him too. You know, and that makes it harder to double Jokic, which leaves him in single coverage, which I think in this matchup isn't terrible, but I think um, it's not ideal. You want to get the ball out of Jokic's hand as much as possible. So that's kind of my thought is, is if Cove can, can disrupt things with cutters and make steals on little easy things that Jokic sees to where it's like he, if you, Jokic is really great at converting low percentage opportunities into high percentage passing opportunities. Mm. And if you convert those back into low percentage because you're able to make to disrupt them with deflections and steals with Covington's weak side awareness, then you can really mess with what Denver wants to do on an even further level. So that to me, I think is, is probably got to be the approach. So you hit on something that I have a lot of questions about, like I have in my head theory of what, how it would work. And then after watching Jokic for a lot of this season, I hear people often say double Jokic, double Jokic, double Jokic. Doubling Jokic is, in theory, a good idea. You don't want to get the ball out of his hands, but the problem is, how do you double a seven-foot passing savant? How, how, like, where, where do you double him when he's constantly faced up, whether it's the three-point line, whether it's the elbow, whether it's a mid-post, whether it's the deep post? There's only a couple spots, you know, on the, deep in the underlying post, on, the, on the, the, you know, the dunker spot area, where you can bring a double that he might not see. Then you throw in the fact that I, I can't. I, I may have been you that had it about a month ago that the Nuggets were shooting like seventy eight percent effective field goal percentage off off of doubles on Jokic. It, it's an obscene, obscene number. It was just like I look at that and I go, I don't care how healthy the Nuggets are. I don't want to send that that double because Portland doesn't have the size. They don't have the ability to to run guys at him. And I like. Unless it's Covington, and then you're talking about again putting Aaron Gordon maybe in a, a better situation where now Cubs or, or excuse me Gordon's able to flash off off of Covington bringing a double. Like when you look at Portland, if you were game planning for Denver, would you look to go single coverage on Jokic just about everywhere, or would you try to flash it up, mix it up just a little bit, just to keep him off edge ever so slightly? I would go single coverage the whole game. Um, I would just stay home. And just be like, 
you know, hey, Nurk, this is your chance to bust his ass and to prove how good you are. And all you got to do is make him work. Like you make him work and you've done your job. And, and one, Jokic doesn't want to shoot 30 times a game. That's not what he wants. Yeah. He's going to get sub. He's going to, he will look at the box score at halftime and feel self-conscious if he looks and sees that he's got 15 shots. Um, he will try and break you. And that's the difficult part is if he's torching you team, even if the plan is don't double players are going to be like, he's cooked. Like he's like seven of eight from the field. I got to help my guy. Don't do that. Do don't, don't two rules in sports. Don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. Don't send a double in the Cole Jokic. Those are two things you should not do. You had to work um, that in there. The little chiefs love. <laughs> um, unless you have the Tampa Bay defensive line against the chiefs offensive line with nobody, which, Hey, the no, Nuggets that's a, guards a pretty apt of, comparison without Joel yeah, Murray. Walmart the Nuggets guards now. are kind of at that point. Um, so I would stay home just because if you make it hard on all those other role players, they're not going to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like Will Barton's Will Barton's coming off off of off an injury. He's not even if he plays, he's not going to be 100. percent Faco Composite is not a threat to score on his own. Like if he shoots, you let him. Um, Austin Rivers, I think, is a little dangerous. But if Austin Rivers is creating off the dribble, fine. Aaron Gordon, if Aaron Gordon is isoing and working in the post, again, fine. Like it's really just don't let MPJ get to his spots which are all over the floor. That's going to be tough and live with the fact that Jokic as a scorer is better than Jokic as a passer. Because again, we get back to, I can't see Jokic like Jokic isn't going to average 40 in a game. That's not going to happen. Right. Like he's not going to average 40 a game. So if he's averaging 30 in a series, which is possible given he's going to have to play like like 25 in 2019. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Like if he's averaging 30 again, he's averaging 30, even if MPJ were to average 30, which you're not going to get both those guys averaging 30. If those guys were averaging 60 combined, I still don't think they can get the additional, as long as your offense is humming, which it should, because it's the best part of your team. There shouldn't be any sort of problem getting past it. Um, the problem is when it is way worse when you have Jokic with a 30 point, 15 assist, eight rebound game. Yeah, It is way worse when you have Jokic with like a 25 point, 15 or 18 assist game like when he's got when you don't know what you're doing and you're second guessing yourself and you're helping all over and he's punishing you because a lot of it with this is what the double is most doubles it's like if you double Joel Embiid he's going to look for the one pass away mm-hmm. like he will he's a he really struggles with with doubles and so he will just look for whatever oh there's an open guy I'm going to pass it to him and he'll shoot a three like you have to just surround him with shooters to reward that Jokic will literally use his eyes and ball fake to get you going towards the three point shooter as his other guy cuts Back cuts. Yeah. And he gets you under the rim and the dunker spot. Like he is a master at it. And he will, the biggest thing with a double is he'll just wait it out. He's such, he's so he's strong seven foot tall. Under, and he has such understanding of, of, and control of the ball. Like he will just sit there with a the ball up above his head and wait and then throw it right under for an easy bucket. So I would just play him straight up and live with the consequences. So we've gotten this far into it. We've like, we have barely talked on anybody outside of the blazer guards and the uh, nugget bigs. A lot of times when you talk about these matchups, these series, everything that kind of happens, it's who's the X factor. Who's this? You look up and down. Denver's bench is pretty decimated uh, when you're talking about creators, but it's Millsap, it's green, 
who Dozier's a maybe a go wills maybe a go. I mean, from what I understand, I don't think we're probably going to see those guys this series. Right. I mean, so I would say Barton is probably 50, 50. I think Barton's a coin flip. And I think Barton's a coin flip for game one, honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if on Friday, all of a sudden the nuggets injury report pops up and up questionable. Well, Barton's been been upgraded to doubtful. Like, and then, and then Saturday morning, it's Will Barton's been upgraded to questionable. So I don't think that he's going to, um, that he's going to be back anytime soon. So yeah, that's a problem. It's like after you get to that point, they don't have any bench weapons. The, this is a big problem for the Nuggets because <clears throat> if you're looking at that game that you're going to look back and go, that was the, the X game. Like that was the Anthony Simons game. That was the Carmel Anthony game. Mm-hmm. That was the Enos Cantor game. <clears throat> the Blazers have a bunch of those dudes and Denver doesn't have hardly any, like, the Paul Mills have game maybe, <laughs> but probably not. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I look at this team right now, at least for Portland, I think this is, even though Denver kind of knows how to scheme Damian Lillard, they obviously had him for seven games. Dame was still able to get his without going ballistic for the most part. It was the, the Rodney Hood game, hunting Jamal Murray on the block, CJ McCollum in game seven. You, you had Zach Collins get a little spurt here or there. You, you had guys show up in opportune moments Evan Turner and Myers Leonard. Evan Turner and Myers Leonard had their moments. Um, When I look at this team right now, Terry Stotts over the last couple of weeks has shortened the rotation to eight guys. It's obviously the starters, Dame, CJ, Norm, uh, Covington, Nurkic, and then uh, Simons, Mello, and Cantor. Um, When you look at Mello, Cantor, that's got to be, if you're talking about pressure points, if you're looking at that matchup, that's, Malone's got to be looking at that going, I've got to find a way to get Jokic out here against this matchup or getting Michael Porter Jr. extended minutes against that matchup to, to try to, to try to make some ground. Right. I don't know because I think MPJ and Jokic have to play together so much because you have to win your starters minutes, you know, like how many, even if you were to outscore Canner Mello, which by the way, they've been playing great over the last 15 games. Well, when you your know, offensive you rating is 140, yeah, 30, it, it, yeah, it works yeah. pretty well. <laughs> like I, I looked up like like Simon's Simon's Cantor Mello is 134. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like even if you were to outscore them by 10, the minutes in which you only have one of Jokic or, or MPJ on the floor versus the versus the Blazer starters, you might lose. Like this is the challenge. And so, I mean, I think Jokic is going to have to play like 45 minutes a game in the series anyway. But overall, you know, I think they might wind up just trusting the bench unit to try and produce, like, you know, trust Monte Morris with Rivers or, you know, maybe throw Shaq Harrison in there and just try and find something going with like Jamichael Green on pick and pops or something to try and space them out. But the problem is like, this is the, this is, I think is the issue. I don't like the JaVale McGee versus Cantor matchup. Like I'm, pitifully low on Cantor. Like, I can't believe that they re-signed him. It's the most ridiculous. Well, I mean, they brought him in basically as insurance in that they, they yeah. traded him out for Pazonia's TPE, I believe is right. what it ended up being. So it was get nothing for him or get something for the TPE. And it was between right. Memphis, which is hilarious. He would have either ended up in Memphis or Portland. So you would have had to deal with it either way. Um, which also don't maybe don't sign Mario Zonia. Maybe that's just not something that you, should, <laughs> maybe that's just you bought nothing. into you bought into it too. So anyway, um, 
but it, they, they found themselves in a series where I think Cantor's playable. Like, I just, I think he's playable in the series mm-hmm. because there's no Jamal Murray. Like, that's yeah. the thing is if Jamal Murray was in the series, I'd be like, you better stick his ass on the bench and never see him. Because yeah. if he, if he gets up to go to the scorer's table, Malone's going to put Murray in and they're just going to put him in pick and roll all day. Cause Malone will pick on, on matchups. Like he will target guys, but they don't have a guard that can do it. And so I think Canner is going to be playable in this sense. And I don't really, and again, if you don't have a guy that can run pick and roll at a various player, right? Like if you can't take advantage of Mello's lack of foot speed at this point and defensive limitations, and you can't take advantage of Cantor's, how do you beat up that unit? You know, like it's going to score. Like they're two, they're all very good scorers. So um, I don't know, like this is where the problem is. Even when we get to the bench units, Denver like Denver starters have been downgraded and because Denver starters have been downgraded their bench has been downgraded and also they've lost guys off their bench like it's this compound problem where they've lost so many guards like literally this the top four starting guards for the Nuggets going or top five going into the season Jamal Murray Gary Harris Will Barton PJ Dozier like that's top four yeah, this, and, this is last year with Portland when they were starting Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver yeah. at center. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. It, it's, it's decimation. Yeah, there's just nobody there. and But those are so crucial in attacking the weak points on Portland that it compounds the issue, I think, just as much. When you're looking at, at matchups in particular, we, we kind of alluded to Nurkic and Jokic. When you look at Nurk, what is this – is, this is his opportunity. He hasn't had the – the opportunity to be healthy, to not have any of the excuses, none of the, you know, just coming back, nothing, you know, I mean, you could point to COVID and all that kind of cover it, but this is supposed to be the no excuse situation. This is, he's healthy. He's playing good. He's got the matchup. He's got the team. He's got the familiarity. Everything's going. When you look at that matchup, what's, what's your big takeaway? What's the, the thought at least of, of, of how that matchup is going to go and how it should go for Yusuf Nurkic. As the internet's like strongest Yusuf Nurkic skeptic, I think this is fine for him. I think he's going to have a good series. Um, <clears throat> if Jokic scores, you can't blame Nurkic because it's the MVP. If he doesn't score, if he just misses good looks, then the, the matchup data says that Yusuf Nurkic has held – Nikola Jokic to 35% shooting, even though it's like if you watch, you're just like, oh no, like he just missed really Smoked good looks. Layup, yeah. Yeah. It just like this stuff happens. He should be able to, to handle on the on the glass. He should be able to get offensive rebounds versus especially if he's out there in any sort of bench capacity versus the Millsap Green combos. He'll eat him alive because of the size. Um defensively, I'll say this: like he needs to thug, he needs to just like he need, needs to really like goon it up. Like that's, that's the word I will use is like, he needs to go full Dwight Howard in terms of like, just cheap elbows, lots of nasty stuff. And the reason I say that is Jokic will absolutely go to pieces. Mm. If that happens, he gets so frustrated and he starts whining to the officials and then he will give a cheap foul that he shouldn't give. And he gets out of his mindset. Like it happened last year, the Lakers physicality took him and really got him away from what he needs to do. He needs to control the game. And you can't control the game if you're too worried about the officiating. Um, Jokic, I need to stress this. Jokic, like Dame, does not get a great whistle. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of guys this season, I don't think that have gotten a good whistle. 
Um, Luca, honestly, in a lot of situations, hasn't gotten a good one. <clears throat> Hilarious. Zion Williamson. Is- oh yeah, no Zion. Zion's yeah. this whole different beast. I was actually looking at it. The uh, the matchup. Uh, Dame is actually getting it in the games that he's played against Denver this year, less than three free throws yeah. a game. And I was like, yeah. how the hell is that possible? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I don't know if it was, I had to go back and still watch all the filming. Like, did he cut his drive volume down? Was he a little bit gimpy at this point in time? You know, was he settling for shots? But when I saw the overall total, I was like, that I don't think he's going to have less free throws attempts per game against any other opponent. It was, it was very strange to see that, especially with a team like Denver, who, I mean, Jokic is, is a better defender than his reputation, but not a not a shot blocker, not a a, a no. real elite rim protector. So it was a little bit strange to see. But that's kind of part of it, though, is that you're not going to pick up a lot of fouls if you're blitzing. You're just, you're just not going to pick up a lot of fouls if you're blitzing because you're corralling. Like, you have the edge, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're starting with a position of superior – you're starting with a superior position versus mm-hmm. where, they're, where they're going. So you're not having to bump them on the way because they're getting the edge on you because you're already out there and containing. Makes sense. I think that's part of it. And because he's smaller, he struggles with the overhead pass. So it's not yes. like you just, like this is kind of the whole dynamic. And then like on drives, like, you know, I don't think Denver fouls a lot because in the early season when they play, like Denver's just a really bad defensive team. And now honestly, like the, this is the only upside is the only guards they have left are all good defenders. Faka Composo, despite, despite my, con- yeah. my concerns, he's a pest. He's annoying. Mm-hmm. So he's, annoyingly good defender um the you know austin rivers shaq harrison monte morris monte morris is the worst of those guys but PJ he also Dozier gives you the back. most offensive utility right right so, so, so just like they have pretty good defensive guards now um but anyway Jokic is gonna get if if nurkic really gets physical with him and pushes the envelope then Jokic will get probably a little bit on tilt and that will take that will completely self-destruct like the nuggets will just destruct themselves at that point the risk is you pick up fouls on those calls yes and now Jokic gets canter for a lot of minutes and and canter will do fine again that's a better matchup than him being in pick and rolls but Jokic is probably just gonna space him out to 18 feet and hit mid-rangers over him all day so um, in general, again, I think I think Nurkic is going to probably do fine. I think he'll finish the series with a plus net rating, which is really good for starting against the MVP. Yeah, and I think that he'll be able to feel like he contributed, and he'll have probably a game where he has like a massive, a big scoring output, like maybe not thirty or forty, but he'll get his twenty six and twelve and five kind of game. Yeah, where he's just that cooking. that game where it's like yeah. you know I was really good in that game was Nurk. Yeah. So, all right. Here's what I want from you. I want three questions you have coming into this series that you want answers for either about Denver or about Portland or just this series in general that you're kind of just going in going, I have no idea, but I want to, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen. I mean, I mentioned this off the top, but this is my big thing. I don't know who the hell the Blazers are, right? So all of the data that we have on previous seasons says that there is no such thing as getting hot at the right time that basically your performance early in the season and mid season correlates a lot stronger to postseason success than the last 15, 20 games. But Portland's evolution was so stark. Like they came back in that Indiana game, like an entirely different team. They went from being an absolute trash can of a defense. Even with Nurkic around, it was like, it's way better with Nurkic. It wasn't good, 
to all of a sudden like, yeah, they're pretty good defensively. The offense is red hot, but they're pretty good defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the hell they are. I just don't, I don't know how to evaluate this and be like, yeah, okay, this this 15 game sample is absolutely who they are or no, that's not them. They're the trash can they were before then or like imagine 5 years they, of that, Matt. I don't know who they are. Danny, I have no idea. <laughs> like if they get if they get absolutely just smoked in game 1 defensively. It won't I be surprising. It can't be surprising. No. But like if the if they are the team that they've been for the last two and a half weeks, three weeks, whatever, then it's like, well, look, they can make the conference finals. Like that's very doable. Who are they? Having the ability to have a 120 offensive rating, but also be able to, you know, and that's up and down the lineup. That's not even just yeah. a your top lineup. Like you, you, you can quite literally hold a 120 rating, no matter who you've got on the floor. They can also throw a 140 D rating out there and go completely sideways. I mean, they, they yeah. have given up 47 point quarters this season. They have given up multiple 45 point quarters this season. And it's, you look at it and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. But then they, they have a performance where they'll win 10 possessions out of 15 in a quarter. And you're going, how the hell did, how did you just do that in the first quarter and then do that in, in the second quarter? And it doesn't make any sense. And I think you're, you're right. Um, so one, who is Portland? I, I think this series will be a decent barometer for that, either good or bad. Um, what else are you looking at? I think two is can Terry Stotts win a coaching matchup? Um, the people will probably point to the OKC series. I gotta be very clear on that. The only reason he won that was because Billy Donovan chose the absolute worst path imaginable. Yes in coverage of Dame to the point where I feel like eventually I'm going to get a chance to talk to Billy and be able to ask him and be like, what happened? And it's going to be like 15 years down the line. And he's going to be like, Russ didn't think we should double because he wanted to take Dame one-on-one. And like, that's going to be it. Like that, like that, that's, that's the only thing that explains it. <laughs> right. Um, other than that, though, like Stotts is the second worst coach against the spread since 2003 he yeah, who was a, the other one in there I, I saw that you put that out there the other day yeah it's uh who was the worst one? Oh, Dwayne Casey because yeah. of all the rap hilariously games. both coach on the yeah. same staff yep <laughs> um and then you know I think just in overall I've never been like oh man like the adjustments that Terry Stotts made like he really I just have never done that so like that's kind of my second question is like can Terry Stotts because he's got, he's starting with a position of advantage, even though they're underdogs by the price in this series. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it's priced the way it is. We were talking about this before the series started that, you know, the books have it at minus 115 for Denver. You're paying 15 cents on the dollar and minus 105 for Portland. You have to pay either way. You're not getting plus money yeah. on the underdog. And that's a very rare occurrence. It's not a coin flip because that's actually literally Hawks Knicks is 110 either way. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty close to saying like, okay, if you take Denver, you got to pay a little. Um, but if you take Portland, you're still got to pay just a little less. And so like, I think the Blazers should be favored in the series, which is why I bet them. And he's got no Murray. He's got no Barton, no PJ Dozier. Team's been riding hot for Portland. Like, 
this is a situation where Stotch, even if Malone com- comes up with solutions, Stotch should be able to counter program. And my question is whether or not Terry Stotts can do can prove that he can do that in a series. And if he can, I mean, maybe he can save his job. Okay, so who is Portland? Can Stotts make adjustments? What do you got for number three? Um, well, these teams, for the love of God, call this a rivalry. For the love of everything. This is another, another matchup. You're, we definitely don't play each other four times a year. We definitely didn't go to a seven-game <laughs> series and went on the road after a four-overtime game. <laughs> like two MVP candidates, an yeah. epic seven-game series in 2019, division rivals battling for the same playoff seeds in the Western Conference, divided by only a handful of games every season. The Nurkic what's stuff that? and the history there. Use like, of Nurkic stuff. Have a nice summer. Like, what's it going to take? <laughs> like, seriously, guys. Somebody's just... going to get hit. Oh, yeah. That's my takeaway from this, this series is that because of everything you just touched on and because we haven't had that touch point, somebody's no. going to do something stupid in this series. Yeah. I don't know if we're talking suspension worthy, but I think it's very easy for me to look at this series and go, someone's going to get tossed in the game for taking it too far. And I then, will go ahead and predict it. Then we can call it a rivalry. Are you going to go with Composo? No, here's, the, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Composo is going to make Dame so mad that he snaps, starts a kerfuffle, and then somebody on the young guys on Denver takes it too far and they get suspended. Uh, and then okay. we have the whole like the, and then we have people the Denver fans are like why isn't Damian Lillard suspended as if that's a question that you can't answer on your own <laughs> it's like um, guys that are too like, young to remember the Phoenix Suns leaving the bench yeah and then like Yusuf Nurkic like coming in instigating but just doing just enough not to get ever like actually like anything that you can that he anything actually more than a five. For. that's definitely him yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it's going to go. Like that's one, I, I would, I would bet we're going to, but yeah, I would put the over under on kerfuffles at, I would say we're going to have a one and a half kerfuffles in the series. Like actual play stops, guys come together type stuff. Yeah, not, I mean, I don't, it's no, the not, NBA, not it's the but, I, but I mean like yeah. nose to nose. See, I, I'd probably go two and a half. I, I think we're, we're, we've reached the boiling point. Throw in COVID and familiarity and everything else and everybody just being pissed off. That's I, I think two and a half is probably a fair number. All right, we'll get you out of it here. It can't on be that. like the... Oh, no, go ahead. It can't be like that, but I got Sorry, I just got to say, like, it can't yeah. be like the like stoppage of play and then they just kind of like mill together and are talking to each other. It's got to be like actually like guys bumping up. Like, oh, yeah, no, there has no. to be someone holding, yeah, like someone holding someone else back. That's that was how we'll 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 classify it. Okay, we'll, we'll have to put something on that and then uh, we'll, we'll figure something, we'll figure something out. Uh, I want to get you out of here because we got the Grizzlies game on and I, I know you're a Grizz guy too. So I'll get you out of here on that. Thank you for hopping on, man. I really do appreciate it. Go ahead and plug anything and everything you got. Download the Action Network app. It's the best app for tracking your bets. You can also track scores the best way. Uh, it's faster if you're out and about and you're just trying to keep up with scores. It's faster than any other app you're going to find. Our API updates so fast in terms of of from the, the arena scores table to the app is lightning quick. You can get all the analysis on there. Check it out at actionnetwork.com. All right, Matt. And again, folks, that's at HP Basketball. Follow Matt Moore uh, for back and forth, and and don't don't troll him too much. A little bit's okay, just not too much. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, man. Level. Good luck to Blazers fans. I hope nobody gets hurt.
Yes, that's the big, big thing. Please love God. That's let's the get, big thing. Let's let no, everybody get out of the series hurt. staying healthy. All right, man, I appreciate you. We'll catch up next time. Everybody else, thank you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all the things we always do. I'll catch up soon. Bye. I'm on my tiptoes, baby. You think a little too small. I got big goals, baby. Ain't where the money. Yeah, look, I just need the info. Pronto, I go and get it. It's